Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. The epistle lesson for this morning is from 1st Timothy, the first chapter beginning at verse 5. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, 
or murderers, or adulterers and perverts, or slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Please stand for all you first. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country? and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sleep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the gospel of the Lord.
grace, peace, and mercy be to you. From God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This is our text. The law is laid down not for the just, but for the disobedient. You know, our 21st century ears may crinkle a little bit at the list of sins Paul lays down in our epistle reading. And the thing is, is that we may no longer view the, the sins and perversions that Paul lists, that we may not even view them as sins anymore. But as a teacher of sound doctrine, I must bring you God's truth in its full purity, for I am accountable for your souls. And everything on that list is indeed a sin. Now, Paul here isn't writing down a list of vices so that we can compare ourselves with others around us, with, with people in the pew, or with the world, those that are outside the walls of the church, that we're somehow better or more righteous than they are. Paul here is laying down the deep depth of the law, that none of us can escape its condemnation. And that's the thing, isn't it? And that is what really, you know, crinkles our own carefully crafted self-images, right? That we are truly indeed sinners. And we're not just the, the garden variety kind of sinners. But we must see ourselves as Paul saw himself. Not as a sinner in the past tense, but as the chief of sinners in the present tense. Paul recounts his, pa his past life as a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent of the gospel, not to, not to beat himself up, but to remind Timothy that God's grace has the power to change people. And we must be reminded, too, that it is not by our own power or ability that we change ourselves or that we have the power and ability to change those around us, but it is that through the Holy Spirit, God enlightens our minds and sanctifies us in the truth. And this is only through the power of God. Because, you know, we are, indeed, we are dead in the trespasses of sins. And that we are blind. We are blind to God's truth. You know, I've never seen, never seen a dead person have the ability to see. Have you? No, it just doesn't happen. And that... In addition to all of that, to make matters worse, not only are we dead in the trespasses of sins and we can't see God's truth, we're also actively resisting God's will in their sinful nature, right? We are old Adam, actively resists God's will in our lives. And Paul, in his list of sins, reminds us who we are without Jesus. And then, to add to all of this, and truth is, you know, to be like Jesus, we need God's grace. And that adds to the problem, right? Because what? There is an infinite distance between ourselves and God. We can never be like God. There is an infinite chasm between us 
in God. God's justice and holiness are beyond our sinful limitedness. And again, there's even more of a problem, right? Because, looking around, there is no chasm between ourselves and the worst person you can imagine. I mean, think about it. Think about the, the worst criminal, the, the, the worst tyrant from history, the, the worst politician, the, the worst sinner you can ever imagine. There is no gulf between you and that person. You can so easily become that person because no, nothing separates you from being a horrible sinner. And that's why we must be reminded that we are indeed the chief of sinners. That this is no exaggeration that Paul lays down here, but it is a true reality. You know, when speaking of the chief of sinners, it reminds me of a, a chief sinner. Uh, his name was John Newton. He belonged as a part of this list here that St. Paul writes down. He was a slave trader. From a young age, Newton worked in the transatlantic slave trade. And during a severe storm off of the coast of Ireland, he prayed to God to save him from that, from that huge storm while he was out at sea. And when he had prayed, the, the storm subsided. And according to his own recollection, while at that moment he didn't fully believe in Jesus, it was the beginning of his conversion to Christianity. And several years later, after his conversion to Christianity, he became convinced of the evils of the slave trade and worked actively to abolish it. And even though he would see the, 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 the hard work of his life be fulfilled when, when Britain abolished the slave trade, even though he would go and see that the result, see the fruit of his works, he never forgot that he was the chief of sinners. Now, you may know John Newton through his hymn, Amazing Grace. It continues to be sung in churches all over the world. It reminds us, along with John Newton, that God's grace saved a wretch like me. Jesus saves the worst of the worst, even the chief of sinners, with his overflowing grace. Well, for for St. Paul and for John Newton and for ourselves, the memory of our sins exists to beat down our pride and to remind us of our need of our Savior's overflowing grace. You know, when we remember how we have, we have hurt God and hurt those who we love and, and hurt our fellow men through our sinful actions, and we're reminded that God has indeed forgiven us of, of, of the sins we have done, that memory awakens the flame of gratitude in our hearts. You know, the, the psalmist, when remembering the sins of his youth, sings in, in Psalm 27, verse 1, Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions according to your steadfast love. Remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. God's response to Paul's sins, to John Newton's sins, to our sins, is overflowing grace. Grace that takes broken people, people who are the, the worst of the worst, and changes them. Through Jesus' blood, we are made new. You know, for Paul says later in, 1 Timothy 2, about the problem that we have, that there's an infinite gulf between us and God, that Christ has come, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, 
the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is a testimony given at the proper time. It's Jesus, the God-man, that bridges that infinite gap between man and God. He became the ransom price for our sins to deliver us from slavery. Slavery to sin, death, and the devil. Slavery that has suffered from all people at all times. That by Christ assuming our nature, by assuming our humanity, he has united humanity to his divinity, bringing light and life to all who believe in him. Jesus has canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. We are truly free in Christ, free from the power of sin, death, and the devil. Jesus frees us, the, the chief of sinners, with his overflowing grace. You know, our past reminds us for our need of Jesus, but our past no longer has any power to condemn us. You know, in Japan, there's a pottery art called Kasugi, which you know, was here with the children's message. And you know, this, this pottery art repairs broken pieces of pottery by bending the breakage areas with powdered precious metals, usually gold. And uh, out of this art grew a philosophy that Kasugi treats br the breakage of the pottery as a part of that object's history rather than something to hide. You know, that, that, um, you know, Paul, that uh, the Apostle Peter proclaims here in 1 Peter 1 about our past and our present reality with Christ. He says, you, so you were ransomed. You were ransomed from those feudal ways. You were ransomed from those broken ways, inherited by your forefathers, and not with perishable things such as gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So that the LCMSYG, the, the, the communion set, was inspired by this art style. You know, pieces of pottery coming together with gold cracks in between. The, the history of the object is still present. You know, we still are in the present. Paul uses the present tense here in our reading. We are still the chief of sinners, present tense. But what holds us together, what brings healing to our lives is the blood of Jesus. It's worth it's worth more than all the gold and silver in the world because it gives us eternal life. You know, the gold there in that pottery represents the blood that makes us whole. The blood, Jesus' blood, is for the chief of sinners. The church father, St. Augustine, once said, there is no sinner without a past and no sinner without a future. Our hope is not in this life, but the life of the world to come. Our past does not define us. Jesus defines us. And whatever sins that you're wrestling with in your life presently, whether they be sexual sins or anger, adultery, lying, whatever the worst sin you can come up in with your mind, Jesus forgives you that sin and does not hold it against you. And for Paul, the sins that he is remembering are sins not of the second table of the law primarily, but he's thinking of the first table of the law. He's speaking about blasphemy against Christ. And we should take seriously, just as seriously, the first three commandments as we do the last seven commandments of the law. So that whatever, you know, whenever the devil seeks to use your past against you, remind him that you are saved. You are saved through the death of the Son of God. And remind the devil that Jesus loves sinners. And, you know, thanks be to God that Jesus does not hold our past against us. And that not only does he not hold our past against us, he invites us into a future. A future where there's going to be no more death, no more sorrow, no more hatred, no more sin, no more brokenness. 
a future where we'll see our Lord face to face with nothing in between. A future that we can only see now in a mirror dimly, but will be fully revealed when our Lord comes to judge the living and the dead. This work is what Jesus did with us in our baptism, and that work that, we, that was done in our baptism will be completed on that glorious day of the resurrection of the dead. And the, and the guarantee of life is this, brothers and sisters, our sinful nature, our old Adam, will die. That's a guarantee. The new Adam is an eternal reality that Jesus works in us and through us each and every day with his overflowing grace. But until that glorious day arrives, we're still in the present tense chief of sinners. You know, Paul, Paul refused to forget his past to give encouragement to others, to give encouragement to Pastor Timothy. Apostle Paul also refused to forget his past because he could not forget the greater love that Jesus gave to him. That while he was complicit in the death of St. Stephen, God had a greater purpose for Paul than what he, would, who he could have ever dreamt of. As he held those cloaks there, as he, as he was there holding the cloaks of those who stoned the first martyr. You know, on the road to Damascus, when, when Jesus strikes Paul blind, he tells Ananias that this man, the persecutor of Christ himself, is his chosen instrument. Now, while we are not called to the apostolic office as Paul was, we too are called by the gospel to be chosen instruments. Instruments with pasts, to be sure. But it does past remind us of God's grace and that we are the chief of sinners. But we are redeemed instruments to bring about the same life-changing message that was brought to St. Paul, to John Newton, to St. Augustine, and to us here today. Jesus Christ crucified for our sins. That this message, we get to proclaim this message here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School. The life-changing message that no matter life-changing message of that no matter what my past is, no matter how much I've sinned, no matter how serious my sin is, Christ's grace is greater than my sin. He gives to me overflowing grace. You know, when Paul calls himself the chief of sinners, he's not here fretting over his sins, right? He's not, he's not consumed by them, you know? He, it, that's not what, what he's saying here. As the Apostle John says, he says, perfect love casts out fear. So we should not be consumed or, or worried about what we've done in the past. But when we're reminded of the past, we're reminded that Jesus' grace is greater than our past. The past reminds us that we need Jesus, but the past doesn't rule our hearts. Christ reigns in our hearts and minds, and we need him now to give us his grace and peace. And brothers and sisters, be humble. Never forget, Jesus' love is greater than our sin. He gives to us overflowing grace. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.
Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening. <music>